Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this podcast. Hello listeners and welcome to DBRS Morningstar's European Securitization Insights Podcast. My name is Madassa Chaudhry, Head of European Structured Finance Research. In this episode, we will provide you key takeaways from the four panels where DBRS Morningstar analysts participated at the Global ABS 2023 conference in Barcelona. So hello uh, everybody, I'm uh, Christian Aufsatz uh, from DBRS Morningstar, head of uh, European Structured Finance Ratings. And I did just uh, moderate the uh, investor roundtable at the Global ABS 2023 in Barcelona. The panel, uh, we were overall five people, was uh, very diverse and uh, yeah, a mixed bunch of people um, with investors uh, ranging from real money investors to hedge funds uh, to non-performing loan investors. And the three topics we broadly discussed was uh, outlook for structured finance issuance, the collateral outlook in the current environment and um, the relative value of uh, the different asset classes. So um, in terms of the first topic, outlook for issuance and activity, I think the bottom line was that while public securitization markets are currently uh, not that active as one would have hoped, the private markets, it being synthetic, significant risk transfer transactions or bespoke um, mezzanine or junior uh, exposure, seem to be much more active. And uh, we touched upon why this might be the case. I think conclusion was uh, when credit markets are more volatile, often investors prefer the more private markets because they're more bespoke. You can take a more bespoke risk exposure and potentially also the spreads are higher given that these markets are uh, less liquid. We then turned to uh, the panel's outlook for collateral performance in the various asset classes. And interestingly, the consensus was really that um, this year we're still in the period where higher interest rates, higher inflation, potential macroeconomic weakness still has to filter through the real economy. So that I would say it was a negative outlook. Defaults are going to pick up potentially asset prices like uh, real estate um, could decline. But investors generally felt uh, pretty well protected by the structured finance concept, uh, structural protection being subordination, uh, potentially access spread. So um, there was no real concern. Nobody said, uh, I stopped investing because of, um, of the outlook. We then also quickly touched based on the uh, non-performing loan market, which is a more private market uh, than um, than other asset classes. And here um, it was made clear that given the collateral performance outlook, the stock of non-performing loans is likely to increase in coming years. But as of now, it's very, very uh, important to be cautious. Um, So, and at the same time also that the volumes of non-performing loan transactions has actually gone down, indicating that investors um, took a step to the sidelines for the time being. But the expectation is that once there's more clarity around the macroeconomic environment and how it all will work out, that uh, that market will return, including potentially also securitizations of uh, non-performing loans, uh, with or without government guarantees like in Italy or uh, in, in Greece, which are currently expired. And it seems um, Greece might be extended, whereas Italy is uh, less clear-cut. So, and then um, 
we also discussed a new emerging asset classes, um, for example, um, solar ABS. Uh, we also then turned on is there any value for securitization or any debt instrument to have a green or social label on the ESG front. So here um, my investors told me there is a lot of demand, there is potential for these type of um, securitizations, but that in the given and current environment with a lot of macroeconomic uncertainty, they would not really be willing to accept uh, less yield um, because of their being green or social credential. Obviously, that might change in a more vibrant credit market um, where the focus turns towards these, uh, these characteristics uh, more than it might be currently. And then uh, lastly, we discuss relative value within European securitizations. And here, yeah, there was no clear answer. Uh, I think um, the answer was depends on the desired risk return profile. Uh, senior classes, as mentioned, appear to be well protected from the from the um, weak credit outlook. Um, but here, it depends really on the individual investor, what they think, uh, what are the asset classes to, um, uh, to focus on. The audience, though, had a very clear view uh, that currently the senior classes of uh, leveraged loan CLOs offer the um, best value, which it was interesting because one of the main credit concerns was on the corporate side. But here, and I think that summarizes the panel quite well, is that Despite there being a negative outlook potentially on the loans or on the portfolio side, a structural mechanism um, help senior investors to not really take the burden until something goes terribly wrong. And for that, the spread pickup you get in leveraged loan CLOs um, more than enough um, absorbs these additional risks. So overall, it was a very interesting uh, panel in my view. I enjoyed it and especially the diverse views given that uh, my four panelists work in different areas of the market. Hello everyone, this is Sinam Erolaziz from the DBRS Morningstar Non-Performing Loans Team. On the first day of the 27th annual Global ABS Conference in Barcelona, I was a speaker in the Greek and Cypriot Securitization and MPL Management Panel. It was an interesting panel because back in 2016, both Greek and Cypriot EBA supervised banks had MPR ratios of around 45%, and these ratios stand below the 5% threshold today. Even though the beginning and ending MPR ratios were similar, due to the difference in the size of the two countries' loan markets, the Greek MPR problem was circa six times that of the Cypriot MPR problem. This led to the two countries taking very different paths in their MPR resolution. The MPR resolution in Cyprus involved creation of CEPIDES by turning the residual cooperative bank entity holding the MPRs to an asset management company and a number of MPR portfolio sales to the handful of international investment funds. There were three public Cypriot MPR securitizations in the past three years uh, initiated by these, initiated by these um, funds that uh, purchased the MPR portfolios. The Greek MPR resolution, on the other hand, gained speed post the introduction of the Hercules Asset Protection Program. The transactions in Greece are all private, which leads to available information being limited to those shared by the Greek Ministry of Finance. In the panel, we compared the bond issuance size, differences in the securitization structures, the type of collaterals um, uh, that was used as security for the securitizations. 
Lawyers in the panel mentioned the credit acquiring companies licensed by the Central Bank of Cyprus and related differences in security and transaction structures. The panel members acknowledged that while the MPL ratios of EBA supervised banks are below the 5% threshold, the MPR resolution work continues at the servicer level and there is still a long way before this work is complete. As part of the ongoing resolution process, smaller portfolio sales outside of the existing structures are anticipated. These may be in the form of smaller MPR portfolios, reperforming loans or REOT assets. While the next wave of MPL is anticipated, the panel member members concurred that the next wave is expected to be smaller than the one that followed the global financial crisis of 2008. The panel ended on a positive note with the panelists acknowledging that with stronger regulation, stronger banks and an established servicer base, both Greek and Cypriot markets have a better toolbox in place to deal with what lies ahead. I'm Johannes Major, I'm Senior Vice President in the RMBS team at DBRS Morningstar. I spoke on the European RMBS panel at Global ABS. I was asked about in Europe what we're seeing with respect to performance. And in summary, while we're seeing delinquencies increase, in RMBS transactions the effect is muted. The reasons for this vary. It's partly due to the fact that interest rates are rising from a very low base, but mostly because it's going to take time for the effect of the affordability issues to flow through. We think there's going to be a continuation in increases in delinquencies, and we think the magnitude of those are going to vary through jurisdiction because of the mortgage loan products. In Netherlands, for example, you have long-term products, uh, long-term fixed-rate products, which protect borrowers against rate rises. In Southern Europe, like Spain, new loans tend to be fixed for life, but existing seasoned loans are floating and they reset on a delay of either six months or 12 months. So that time lag is entirely expected. UK is in between these two. It's a market that's characterised mostly by short-term, mostly five-year fixed rate products with borrowers refinancing at the end of their fixed rate period. We're expecting deterioration specifically as fixed rate periods end and over the next 12 months that amounts to about 25% of the mortgage market. We think that those rise in delinquencies will be skewed in the buy-to-let and the non-conforming sector where we're already seeing about 1% increases quarter on quarter in delinquencies. When it comes to HPI, we're seeing negative HPI growth in early or flattening HPI growth in nearly all European jurisdictions, and we expect that to continue. It's worth pointing out in the Netherlands, for example, where we see year-on-year declines of minus 3.7%, that house prices are actually 19% higher than pre-COVID levels. The same case can be said for the UK, where we see declines currently year-on-year of minus 5%, but they're still higher Uh, double digits higher than they were in Q1 2020. In Spain, we see the same trend with house price growth declining. And in Italy, we see the quarter-on-quarter house price growth rate as flat at 30 basis points. So that shows that we have a long way for house price declines to go to get to the levels that we've seen over the, the increases we've seen over the last two years. 
adding further context to the conversation, inflation is still high and we expect further rate rises, which will further dampen house price demand. My name is Madasa Chowdhury, Head of European Structural Finance Research at CBS Morningstar. And this year I had the opportunity to discuss and moderate ABS Research's roundtable at Global ABS 2023 in Barcelona. Panelists opened the discussion by recapping last 12 to 18 months of key events, which included continuation of Russia-Ukraine conflict, collapse of some banks uh, in the US as well as in Europe, uh, macroeconomic and other geopolitical issues impacting the European securitization market. Secondly, we discussed some key asset classes, um, both from asset and liabilities credit outlook perspective, as well as issuance and key trends, jurisdictional differences, uh, and ratings outlook. On the ABS sector, auto ABS sector, it was noted the second-hand car values are now showing some declines from the pandemic heights, and also new registrations of vehicles are also declining. Though the delinquency rate across Europe remains low in auto ABS portfolios. With some exceptions uh, across jurisdictions. On the RMBS side, it was noted that also some housing markets are now cooling off from the post-pandemic heights, uh, mainly Dutch, uh, German and Portuguese housing markets, which have now started to show declines. In the UK, buy-to-let sector remains vulnerable due to regulatory changes, as well as uh, rising interest rates. And also on the owner-occupied side, it was noted the, the rising interest rates and the current uh, cost of living crisis is having quite a, a negative impact on the affordability, especially for the households which are on the low income bands. Though it was noted that the low income bands household uh, only make up less than 5% of the UK RMBS securitized portfolios. Therefore, uh, delinquencies and defaults are expected to rise, but those delinquencies and defaults are rising from a very low base, and therefore there's no imminent uh, credit deterioration uh, expected within the rating RMBS portfolios. Then panelists moved on to discuss the corporate sector, uh, and they covered from SMEs to middle markets to CLOs, the common theme here also was the rising interest rates and the burden of debt serviceability from, from the corporate sector. It is noted that SMEs, which have a less pricing power, will remain vulnerable on the corporate spectrum. And also um, the deglobalization uh, is not necessarily very helpful when they have a limited uh, um, ability to pass on uh, the additional costs. On the CLO side, it was noted the average CLO triple C buckets remain around 4%, um, well below the typical limit of 7.5% of European CLO's triple C buckets. Uh, defaults also remain low, and it is expected that they are not likely to rise to, to very high levels. Then we asked the audience uh, our first polling question, which was uh, which sectors are likely to have uh, most issues? Uh, with, the, with the main uh, sectors as multiple choices. In this case, 53% of the audience thought the CMBS is an asset class which is likely to experience most issues 
um, in the near future. And our panelists also agreed with this view, given that there has been some tonic shifts within uh, the CMBS sector on the retail side, uh, on the hospitality, hospitality side, and also the, the deterioration in performance of some office loans. Then uh, we discussed the NPLs uh, and whether we were expecting another huge wave of NPLs to come uh, due to the rising interest rates and uh, cost of living crisis. Panelists noted that the banks remain well capitalized and origination practices have changed for good since the global financial crisis and banks remain well equipped to deal with any increase on the NPL side. Though it is expected that there's an increase of NPLs yet to come, it is likely not to be in huge volume as it was in the result of global financial crisis. Then we open up the second polling question to audience, which sectors are likely to have most values with multiple choice answers of consumer ABS, auto ABS, CLOs, CMBS, RMBS, and SMEs. Audience, once again, 53% of the audience voted for CLOs to have uh, the best values within the European securitization market. And our panelists also concurred with this view that specific, specifically AAA CLOs remain the choice for relative value due to the liquidity and scalability of the product. Then we discussed other topics related to European securitization market, which included ESG and sustainability related transactions, um, machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, regulations. Panelists unanimously agreed that not more regulation was needed, but what was needed was transparency and um, uh, disclosure requirements to be cleaned out. So how the transactions are viewed and labeled with environmental, social, or governance factors within the securitization market. Panelists also noted that there was a considerable amount of issuance, increase in issuance uh, related to ESG labor transactions, which had second party opinions in 2021. Issuance was somewhat subdued uh, due to various different political and macroeconomic factors last year. And this year, year to date, there has been three transactions issued, two in RMBS and one in consumer ABS side, which have had uh, environmental or social labels. In addition to this, panelists mentioned that there was no uh, premium to the transactions that are coming out with ESG labels, and there was no need for the premium to either exist um, because the transactions should trade based on the liquidity as well as the credit and not necessarily on the ESG factors. Then the question is asked which asset classes are likely to emerge next year. Uh, Solar ABS uh, was in the pole position that there might be more transactions yet to come in the market in this space. So in conclusion, as Christian had mentioned, expect some deterioration in the European securitization portfolios um, due to rising interest rates and inflation. Expect delinquencies to increase, though they're starting from a very low base and the rising in delinquencies is unlikely to have a detrimental impact to the rated securitization markets in the near future. With this, we concluded our panel and open the floor for questions. 
that's it from us thank you for listening to the summaries of the four panels and i hope you liked what you heard if you have any questions or any particular topic you would like us to discuss in the future feel free to get in touch specific reports mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes for individual analyst details and the latest research and commentary from DBRS Morningstar, please visit dbrsmorningstar.com. By downloading and listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to the DBRS Morningstar disclaimer and legal terms and conditions found at dbrsmorningstar.com forward slash about forward slash disclaimer and dbrsmorningstar.com forward slash about forward slash terms and conditions, including that the information provided is not investment, financial or other advice. DBIS Morningstar will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. Please note that the content of this podcast is intended for European audiences only.